0: Christo in Nashville, it's Brianna and Marcus, and this is Smoking Section.
1: Here we are on this fine day here in Nashville, Tennessee on Zoom, and we have, we get the interview, someone I have followed through Facebook. We've we've been, I don't know how long I've been friends on Facebook, but this is, it's been a while. Her name, I'm going to fuck this up, no I'm not, is no, Haley, not. it's Haley Hampton. Woo! <laughs> Woo. Hello! Haley! Haley. I did, you great. did great. I did great. For the longest time, I literally have been sending friends who know you, like, is it Holly or is it Haley? Like, voice memos. <laughs> like, am I going to fuck this up when I interview her?
2: <laughs> no.
0: You did Don't great. Feel bad. Don't feel bad, Haley. He literally, my name is Brianna, and he's literally called me Brianna. Brianna. Like, the seven yeah. years that I've known him. So, yeah. And it then
1: happened. she decided, she decided <laughs> to correct me on the podcast finally after seven years of knowing
0: because me. I feel like people needed to know my real. Oh, name, no, yeah. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> I, about get, it.
1: Time. <laughs> I her, get it. Don't sister. let her for you. She never. She never corrected me. Don't let her for me. I you.
2: didn't. I didn't. I'm sorry. So how you been? How you doing? It's okay. I'm good. I'm good. Um, you know, just adjusting, adapting, like everyone right now. Um, mm. But healthy and good and and really thankful. So um, thankful to be working and to be busy and just glad to be here. How are y'all?
1: Man. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's one that's of those a days, loaded so that, questions. That's a loaded question. I, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get as you, it. As I'm you can crazy. tell on the
1: Zoom, that's a loaded question.
0: Yeah, it really is. We didn't even film today because I was like, Marcus, <laughs> <laughs> I I just can't. I just, I, I legitimately cannot today. Mm-hmm. But in other news, your house,
2: so. Fucking cute. I cannot oh, deal. Oh, it's just you looks like so straight much. out of Pinterest. Thank you. Fantastic. I uh so I always tell people if I wasn't in the music business, I would either play in flowers all day long cuz like <laughs> at any time I have if you like know me or you're, you know, in my circle in any way, every time you come to the house there's fresh flowers. There's always roses, oh. there's always So, and I have a story about that. Um, but I So I went through a really bad breakup a couple years ago, and I needed something to kind of, like, brighten my days and my weeks, so I started buying myself flowers. Um So, like, once a week, I would go, and I would get something. I was in a really tiny apartment at the time, and it just really, like, brought me joy, and so now I'm really happy and in a great relationship, but I still buy myself flowers, so. That's so great. Oh, my God. Yeah. Self-care, yes. If that ain't
1: a country song, I don't know what the hell is.
2: I know, right? <laughs> Someone needs to write that. so cute. I'm gonna get right off here and text it to all my publishers. <laughs> <To> all <your laughs> publishers like, get one of
1: your writers to write a song called "I yes. Buy My Own Flowers."
2: Yes, Seriously but thank you though. Thank you so much for saying that because I really do like take pride in my little home and I wanted to make it, you know, some somewhere I wanted I love to
1: be. It. It's very, it's very nice. I want really you to come is. like
2: decorate my house now. I will so do awesome. it. I will so yes. do it. <laughs> what y'all haven't realized? Which I,
1: what y'all listen to this podcast and what y'all haven't realized is that before we started recording. These two bonded. We yeah. did over yeah. baseball cap, wearing and <laughs> hair, being a girl, <laughs> and being a girl.
0: complaining about what I look like, and Haley it being is... like,
2: "You're beautiful, Scott. Yeah. Beautiful, yeah. you are. <laughs> You're yeah.
1: beautiful." And Marcus just sitting there just being quiet, being like a man. <laughs> Just being that's very, what very you quiet. should do. What You're you not- should do. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. it's, We
0: switch it up because that's what they say. The girls have to sit down and shut up. So oh.
2: <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh. Oh. Hey, hey, it just got real. It just got really real over I'm here. Just go
1: ahead and sip on my tea.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I ain't got no filter. I ain't afraid to
0: call out.
1: Some bullshit in this world. She called me out too. That's some shit. This is what I get. This is what I get. We're forgetting that we're interviewing
0: someone. Okay, it's okay.
2: (laughs) I'm I'm just hanging. I'm here for the entertainment. (laughs) Are you drinking wine? No, I'm not. I wish I was. I'm pretending. Um, Cute. Because it's it's five o'clock somewhere, and so this is this is literally my new favorite little concoction of spindrift and half of an energy drink with some like peach or lime it's like my thing now oh my mm. gosh and you're drinking it from a wine glass that just makes it just and it fun. makes I know it, I'm out of rosé so this is what we're dealing with <laughs> it's fine I love it I love it yeah. so much I love it <laughs> so where are you originally from yeah so I'm born and raised right here um no way yeah I wow. know. Wow. I no know, calling. yeah. How? Like, what part of town? So, my family's originally from Ashland City, Tennessee. Yeah, um, yeah. And we moved um, when I was probably in third or fourth grade to Murfreesboro. So, I did middle school, high school, and college all in Murfreesboro. Did you go to MTSU? MTSU, baby!
1: I yeah, did! Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah
2: my sister. Really? Yeah. Um, true blue. I, love it. I did. I love it. I, yeah. yeah. And it was really interesting because I, you know, when I was in school at the time, their music industry program really isn't what it is now. It didn't have the recognition. And mm-hmm. um, to be honest, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was, you know, in my first couple of years of school. So yeah. I did a, a general degree. I had a business degree in marketing and and I loved it. You know, it was at the time, all my friends that were interning alongside me were Belmont students. And so I thought, you know, okay. there's no way I'm going to get a job. Like <laughs> they're in the backyard of the music business and I'm all, you know, 30 minutes down the road, but it felt like forever away. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed my time there. It was, I did feel a little lost. I mean, it was huge, mm. literally humongous yeah. in student count. Um, yeah. I remember it was going great. to my sister's
0: graduation. That was
2: oh insane. Hey, Marcus, actually, to kind of like piggyback on the whole thing, I remember sitting, getting ready to walk and being like, please don't say my name wrong. Please don't say my name wrong. This is like the one day my college graduation, and I just thought, I mean, I literally went as far as to like put the long A symbol over my name when I wrote it out for graduation. Oh, I was just terrified. Funny. That was the one day. I'm
1: like, please, Lord. <laughs> it's just... It, it, <laughs> and listen, people People get my, my last name is Kroger, and, and since I can remember, it's always been Kroger, according to everyone else. I don't I'm know why they add the R at all the time. I know you did it, Brianna, so it's okay.
0: I had it in my phone as Marcus Kroger for the longest time, and the worst part was, I didn't even spell Marcus right. Yeah. It was it was with a C. Marcus Kroger with a C.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Okay. So I just mm-hmm. didn't tell anybody.
1: Uh-huh. But yet you Whatever. give me shit for pronouncing your name wrong for seven years anyway. You know
0: um... what? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk
1: about that later. Anyway, back to our guests. MTSU.
0: Yeah. So so when you went to college, um you, you did you did business. I did. Marketing. Um, was your whole plan from day one to kind of get into management or something like that? What was your ideal, like, situation going to school? No,
2: I didn't. Um, <laughs> I I was kind of a nerd in high school, and I did these, like, I can't believe I'm admitting this, but I literally ran across some certificates the other day. I did this program called DECA. So it's like ah, a marketing.
1: I remember DECA. We had DECA in my high school.
2: Uh, okay. Okay. Okay, so hear me out. Hear, hear me out. I started like pulling out all my certificates of like, you know, first place at state and career development and business development for like all these different competitions that we would do and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, wow, Haley, like you were so, like, no wonder you were not popular. You're so cool. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so I, I really was interested in business development and I thought, you know, at one point, maybe I'll open my own business or I'll be an entrepreneur. You know, I didn't really know. I just, um, I really enjoyed school. Um, I liked to learn and I, am like that now. Um, I, there was a little period of time where I thought about getting my master's in music business now, um, just to keep myself, you know, stimulated and learning, but so this, to answer your question, no, I didn't know I was going to go into music. I probably have a very similar story to a lot of people. I've met a friend who met a friend who knew someone who was looking for an internship. And I did have to complete internship hours for my degree. And so my junior year, I had come across this mutual friend, ended up interning for Tail Light here in town. So I um, I did like PA type work for video sets, worked on a couple sets like Sarah Evans and Eric Church and, you know, had some had some great exposure, but really quickly learned that like I could barely operate my iPhone and I did not need to be in the technical <laughs> world. Um, so the actual tech part and, you know, the production part just was not for me. But I really enjoyed the engagement um, you know, with artists on set and with producers and directors and all the things. And so One of the director's wives, uh, it was actually her. She was Leslie Tyson at the time, Leslie Simon now, um, and she kind of took me under her wing, and I went to intern two semesters for her in radio promotion at Sony. yeah, and so learned the promo world and was really thankful to her. She kind of was my first believer. She's now the GM of Pearl for Garth and Tricia um, and work, works in there. And she's incredible, um, just really strong female lead in the business. And I owe a lot to her. But that's kind of where I started. And from there, I just started exploring I love that
1: so you 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 started at Sony as an <laughs> intern you worked at Sony as well
2: I did so I did uh, so I are you in the
1: middle of your internship
2: so no this is actually if you're looking for like a really heroic story I didn't have one I would love to say that I like graduated got my first job there and everything was great they actually didn't have anything open for me at the time um but i i stayed in communication with everyone i did end up getting my first shop at a very small label at the time it was called cold river there um yeah. they had katie Arv- they had katie armager yeah, yeah um and so what i did with that opportunity um was I took that time and built relationships in the Southeast in radio. And so, you know, I got my feet wet. um, I learned what it meant to work a record at radio, which now years later has been really helpful and beneficial to me in management, um, you know, to understand charts and and regions and how things work. But um, So I did that for about six to seven months before I went back to Sony. Okay. And so they hired me on to do secondary radio markets. So I worked really small markets, um, what I like to call Walmart markets still, where people are still buying physical. And, you know, it's really s- small towns, but um, but big relationships. And a lot of those um, program directors ended up going on to program really huge stations, which I still work with now. So it was It was great. Yeah. I mean, it all worked out how it was supposed
1: to, for sure. You did the Southeast region. So tell us about your experience a little bit on how stressful it can be being a radio promo uh, person and getting your... Um, getting your artists to be played on even the smaller stations. We're not even going to talk about the bigger stations because the bigger stations, it's hell. But even with your chances a little bit higher, being a bigger label and and the smaller market stations, is it still as hard as it is to get your artists on those stations?
2: You mean like still hard to do, like to get airplay on secondary? Yeah. So, I mean, to be completely transparent, no. I mean, it it wasn't when I was doing it. We're talking Mm -hmm. about probably circa 2013 like 2012, 2013, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because a lot of those people are not getting the same attention and Mm. promotion opportunity, and they're not getting the same amount of visits and artists, you know, interviews and opportunities. So they were all just super, super grateful, um, you know, to get the attention and, you know, to feel relevant because they are huge sales drivers and they, they didn't, you know, Sony was really smart when they decided to, so they created this position when I came in. They created it, and they said, "You know, you've you've had touch points to each label. At the time, there were still four imprints, not just three now um, that they have now, but." So they said, you're familiar with the artist roster and how things work. Why don't you come in and take on this, you know, little cluster of stations that kind of get forgotten sometimes and just go figure out, one, what it means to work a record and two, what it means to have FaceTime with people who are the gatekeepers for getting your music out into the world. So, you know, I I think it was mutually so beneficial. I learned what it meant to, you know, really track charts and understand um, consumption and physical and, you know, things were starting to get really digital at that time, obviously. And so it was just great. You know, like I said, a lot of those people went on to become major market program directors and they remembered me. Because I paid attention and I was there when you know they weren't a, a major market. So
1: right. anyway, yeah. it was great. That's great. So um, because now you're no longer in that world completely. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. No, uh, I'm not. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> As of today, you are now the, as of, actually, it's a couple months now. It's a, co- uh, it's a Back a, in February. Back in February. Yeah. yeah. Right before, so right before COVID. Yes. <laughs> yes. What, what a time. <laughs> what a time. Right before COVID, you have become the day-to-day manager for, I'm going to say, the iconic duo. <sighs> yes. That is Florida Georgia Line. Damn, yes. oh. <laughs>
0: (laughs) Say yes, yes. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) That's Stop it. I'm gonna I mean mean, Stop I'm gonna pull my hat down because I'm blushing. (laughs) And she's humble too. I
1: love it. She's so humble about it. She's
2: so good. It's it's just so crazy to hear because You know, at my core, I'm a music lover. Mm -hmm. This is why I'm here and why I ultimately decided to to take this career path. And, you know, I I can be bold and I can take credit when it's needed. But I think at the end of the day, I'm also really mindful of the fact that I've just been very, very blessed. And I've worked under... just some of the greatest, not just in country, but in music. Um, You know, Clarence Spalding, I I credit a lot of why I am you know, in this position to him because he really raised me um, and taught me what it meant to be a manager. So, anyway, all that to say, I mean, I, I appreciate it, but I, I've had a lot of really great people around me to get me here. So.
1: So you talked about Clarence Spalding. Yeah. So obviously you, you didn't go directly. Let I me mean, let me back up because I don't want yeah. to think that you went directly to from being a radio no. person Sony to <laughs> to being this this badass day-to-day manager for FGL. No.
2: <laughs> um,
1: no, you you uh, you you had to stop. You stopped at Clara Spaulding over at with Maverick.
2: Mhm. Yeah, I was where, at Maverick for almost seven years. Yeah, and, yeah. and you
1: came in contact. This is still a badass because you came in contact. You worked on teams with Reba was over there. Oh. Uh, Darius Rucker is over there. Mm-hmm. Rascal Flats is over there. So ah, you, so, so you had, so <laughs> before you even went to FGL, you had some hits already. I mean,
0: that's amazing. <laughs> so,
1: well, tell me, no. so tell me about the transitioning from being a radio promo mm-hmm. to working and becoming a manager. How did that come about?
2: Yeah, so um, actually that came about because of Mr. Kicks Brooks. So... Yeah, so a lot of people don't, you know, that's not really a, a part of my career that comes up very often, but it's a very critical part of it. I had, so at the time, Kix and Ronnie were actively working records separately to country radio when I was getting close to leaving Arista, and they were both still managed by Clarence. You know, he's been with them for a hundred years, and so, <laughs> I know, he'll kill, He laugh if he hears this at time. Um... But so I had, I had really gotten to know Kicks and, and anybody who knows him knows just how great of a human he is. Okay. And so um, I had brought up to him that I was thinking about making a change. Um, and I, I liked promotion for what it taught me, but I knew I didn't want to do it long term. And so um, he said, have you ever met Clarence? And I was like, who? I I don't sorry I don't know who that is, <laughs> um, you know because when you're in promotion you're in such a like one lane tunnel all day every day and so you when you get out of it um, you realize what it really takes to make the business run like from all sectors and all verticals it's not just about you know working a record to number one anymore and so um so I met with Clarence he was like you're sweet. You seem like a great girl. I don't have any jobs up. And I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, it's great. Like great to have breakfast, whatever. And then I swear, I just worried the shit out of him for like the next six months. No and, way. oh yeah. And so, um, and Kix was, I mean, he was really critical and just being like, Hey, you know, I've worked with her and, and as a manager, and as you develop those relationships with your artists, you really, you know, the difference between somebody that they wholeheartedly like want you to take time to believe in or, or meet or spend time with or whatever, um, you know, because they have so many people nudging for their attention on a on a daily basis. And so, you know, I think Clarence appreciated that I was someone that Kicks took the time to reach out about. And so I'll never forget the first day. Um, so his assistant ended up moving up. And then he brought me in. And so I will never forget like my first or second day kicks had come in the office and Clarence goes, you might want to hug his neck. He's the only reason you're here. And I was like, okay, got (laughs) it. I got, we're good. I, yeah. Like, and that was when I, that was when I realized that I like had to get thicker skin if I was going to work under Clarence Spalding. So I did. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Wow. I know. I know. Good stuff. And that uh,
1: that shows, that shows the, that shows that the, the relationships that you build in this industry are really, really, really valuable.
2: Oh yeah. Sorry. And I, well, and I mean, I won't say anything you guys don't know already cause you're in a, you're both in spots where you deal with it too, but you know, relationships really are everything. And, um, and it took me a long time to realize that also that relationship didn't always mean that I had to like, be saying yes or always be doing what people ask me to do or always be you know what I mean like I I think I really in the last few years honestly probably realized now that you know that respect and that like trust especially from an artist standpoint really comes from saying no and, yeah. and being, you know, being the unpopular one sometimes, which was hard for me. You know, I, mm-hmm. I was, I'm more of a personality who would love everyone to love me. Um, but I realize now that sometimes it's better to be respected, especially in business. Um, because now my job solely is to look out for the guys or the client or whoever the artist is. So,
0: yeah. So, so speaking about that job, I mean, this cannot be an easy job. I've, uh, I've never even thought about what it would be like to be a manager. You're basically, especially day to day. I mean, there's probably a lot involved. What would you say is like the hardest part
2: about this, job for you? I mean, I'm always learning, right? Like I, in no way, shape or form feel like, or if I ever do get to an expert level, I think I'll always still be a student. Um, you know, just because every artist, I, I mean, I've heard it before, but I'll say it again. Like people in that position are kind of like snowflakes. Every single one is different. So yeah. you can't, you can't really, um, Manage, I don't think, in my personal opinion or experience, all the same. Um, You know, you get in and you adapt and you find out what works and you stick by what you believe, but you also, you know, bend and change depending on the artists and what their visions are and, you know, who they are as people too. So um, I would say that's probably one of the challenges is just getting to know and learn nuances, um, you know, creative processes, they're all really different. And then just the verticals, um, you know, managing at this level, um, I certainly saw. I saw it when I was on the teams for the Flats and Brooks and Dunn and, you know, Darius and all the people that I was lucky to get to work alongside, but coming to multiple businesses and multiple entities, not just FL, but, you know, all the verticals, because these are smart businessmen. They have... um, just so many great things going on so just getting them all moving and making sure that the right people are talking to each other and that the right things are being managed on their behalf so that they're protected you know all the things it's just it can be a lot um, but I enjoy that I love it. I don't have a day that's the same it's always different
0: yeah that's great and then so of course you got the job right before this whole COVID thing happened. I did. So you I had did, maybe yeah. a few weeks of a little bit of normalcy, and then the world kind of turned mm-hmm. upside down. How how has that been? Like your duties have probably changed dramatically. They're doing anymore. I mean, things are so different. What does it look like now?
2: Yeah, I mean, they're just like for everyone. I mean, they've definitely. My first six months have been expected. You know, like we all, I mean, we all expected to be on a stadium tour with Chesney, um, you know, which we've now rescheduled into next year. Um, but I, I have to say that... Without the full stop management team, so just to kind of give you like a diagram, the boys are managed now um, by Irving Azoff, the best in the business. I, I, I mean, I like to say I went, I went from like the best to the best. So I went from like working with and learning under Clarence to Irving and Jeffrey and. I don't know why Jesus loves me so, but I'm really thankful that I've just been able, you know, to praise. learn to learn and work with the best. So I I could not have asked for a better team to enter a transitional period with um, Irving and Jeffrey and their whole team at full stop. They've just been incredible. And, you know, now with technology, we're obviously blessed that I can feel apart from afar, Um, but they're all in LA. So it's just, it's been a a matter of us, you know, really getting into good communication patterns and making sure that, you know, everyone's on the same page. So we're making it work. The guys, the guys have a lot going on, um, even still without the touring. I mean, they're definitely... You know their schedule isn't what it was but yeah you know in in management especially i feel like we're always 10 steps ahead and so you know we're very into 21 already and um you know and the guys just want to come back with an energetic creative fun new show next year and you know we're working on an album to be able to support that so it's really fun i mean there's a lot going on and it's good
0: Yeah. So has it been easy to kind of keep like their artist brand kind of strong through all of this then? Is it or has it has it been a little bit more difficult to kind of keep them relevant without
2: the touring and without like all of that stuff? You know, listen, I I honestly would say no. And that's that has nothing to do with me. You know, I, I came into a regime and a brand and artists that from inception were just I mean, they were just destined to be what they are. And there were so many great people, um, smart people, before I ever came into into this world. So I think it's just a testament to, you know, all the years that they've been working so hard and have been on the road. And, and honestly, maybe at this level, you know, now it's nice to be able to take a breather. and. Yeah. And you know, go back in so strong while still just really keeping your focus on the music because at the end of the day that's the most important thing. So absolutely,
1: absolutely. Yeah. This uh, <laughs> it's just amazing. It, it's amazing how, how this COVID has really fucked things up for everybody. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. <laughs> it, re- it really is. It's just it's it's kind of crazy. So uh, with that being said, with everything that you, you have going on, I mean Obviously, it's not normal circumstances for you. It's yeah. not normal circumstances for, for anyone that's going through everything that's, go, that's going on. So what has been, not even just now with COVID, but throughout your your managing career and throughout you being in the music industry, what has been your constant motivation to, because it, like you said, you said, I'm bouncing off what you said now, when you said you have to have thick skin, basically, mm-hmm. which is true. You have to have thick skin to be in this industry. Yeah. Um, because you will, you will have some things said to you that can be hurtful, and it and it may sometimes it's meant in a hurtful way, and sometimes it's not meant in a hurtful way. Um, yeah. Um, so, what has been your constant motivation throughout your career and throughout even COVID?
2: Who hit me with the deep question? Huh,
0: first.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, to Oprah. Welcome
2: to Oprah. I'm like it is one it is one p.m thursday marcus um no you know my faith is a really big part of my life and um and i I, yeah and i'm not afraid to talk about it and i you know i think i'm not a perfect person by any means like i you know i don't i don't claim to be crawling in Christianity over here or anything, but I mean, at my core, um, I do think that my faith has been a big driver and I've had to remember that ultimately what I'm working for and towards and, you know, my long-term goals at the end of the day, aren't really about me. Um, yeah. you know, I think, I think I'm a steward of the gifts that I've been given and I think it's my responsibility to do them as long as I'm able. And so yeah. I love music. I love the impact and the, you know, the change that it can evoke in people. And I always was just grateful to be able to play a, a part in that, whether it was big or small. And so I just I think my driver, I guess, is just doing something that I feel called to do. And I I've been very, very fortunate, like I said, with the people who have, you um, believed in me and championed me and challenged me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes that's not fun. Sometimes that's uncomfortable. And, you know, I've, I've had my days where I've just cried in the corner and it's all good. Um, but so I, I mean, that's a pretty simple answer, but I think that's it. I just kind of have to take certain things with a grain of salt. And I've had to learn that, especially in management, um, you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea, and that's okay. Um, you know, management relationships are really like marriages, and yeah. you're you're really having to dig in. And same goes for a manager, you know. I, I watch Clarence take meeting after meeting after meeting over my time there, and it's not always a fit. And it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you or that you're not good enough or you're not capable enough or whatever. It's just... Sometimes it just is what it is. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So... Yeah, I think looking at it from that standpoint
0: of, like not taking things so personally is so great and it it, bringing up faith it makes it easier to do that because you look at everything as having just a a bigger purpose
2: right well and and to be honest i mean that did take me a while i mean that was a muscle that i really had to learn to exercise because i you know i am a personality that could take things personally um Mm -hmm. but i can always circle back right Like, like i'll have my moment and it'll pass and then we're good um and so so i think just like a creative healthy way to like reignite yourself and not lose your like long-term goal or vision just because of tiny setbacks here and there because they're gonna happen um yeah it is really helpful
0: yeah. So, what would you say for you? I mean, you've kind of already talked a little bit about, you know, just what you kind of get out of doing this, but what's like the most rewarding part of being a manager? Cuz I'm just sitting here thinking like I don't know how I
1: I've never would wanted function. to be one.
0: Yeah. I love that. that would stress me out to no end. To I can one. barely control my life, let alone yeah. having to help someone with theirs someone at the level of like FGL too. So what's like the most rewarding part of being a manager?
2: <sighs> so I think it depends on one, the level that you're at, and two, the type of act that you have. Um, So, like, I'll give an example. So, like I said, I came into, you know, this organization – And I can't take credit for anything like I I can take credit for none of the guys success or, you know, they they have just built this empire and this amazing career and an amazing team around them. Um, But but I do take pride in the fact that, you know, now going forward um, behind the scenes, And, like, we're walking through a release tomorrow for the new uh, Chris Tomlin album, and the guys executively produced this album. And so we, just to be able to connect with his team behind the scenes and to be part of, you know, the, the processes for approvals and redesigns and creative and things that, you know, when you finally hit the market, like, there's just this... I didn't create the music, but um, I was instrumental in creating the flow to getting it there and how yeah. we present it, you know, how it's presented and making sure that it's on brand um, with the guys and, and their process and their relationship with Chris. And, you know, for me, that's really rewarding. I, I'm i okay to be behind the scenes. I don't need to be, you know, yeah. in, in front of the world and recognized because at the end of the day, like I feel... I feel proud of of what we're doing, and um, you know what they're creating, and and I think going back to like the level of artists and where they are, like. Before I came to FGL, I managed um, a female artist, Rachel Walmack. And mm-hmm. my most, like, proud of her, I think, that I've ever been, I mean, I've had lots of moments, and she and I are very close, and we always will be, is um, she finally got her first feature on a Rascal Flat song that we had worked on. <sighs> Probably started that, like, pitch and process, and we cut vocals with Jay, um... Probably a year ago Maybe a year and a half ago Um, And the song just kind of sat And we were like Well shit Um, You know Okay Like we knew it was a hit We knew it was great Um, Yeah but those moments are, are so impactful and so important in somebody's career, like the firsts, mm-hmm. um, are, real, are really, really special. And, you know, getting to watch her kind of find her voice and figure out what she wanted to say to the world and how she wanted to be presented and what she wanted to dress like and, you know, all the, all the fun things in the beginning that that go into creating a brand because that's really what an artist is. They are their brand um, and they are the CEO of it. And so I think it's just the the different levels, like whether it's your first amount of success or your, you know celebrating sold out stadiums like all the things in between like the little milestones are just really rewarding on the management side
0: i love that i love Ew. how just humble and down to earth you are about this
2: oh,
0: you know i've been an artist my basically my whole life i was with sony when i was like 16 years old oh my gosh like, i didn't know <laughs> that that's
2: amazing it was, it
0: was fine but my manager was not as nice as you Oh so it's like, well. You know, so it's like, and I, I will, I will stand by that for sure. There's, there's, I've worked with a lot of managers and yeah. even a couple female managers that yeah. have not had the same amount of just like just, you have just this class and this kindness about oh, you. Thank that you. That you're not just like, ooh, snooty, I'm that FDL's Jesus. day day manager. It is Jesus. Jesus. It is, yeah. and it's just like, I, I, I love, it's so refreshing to meet someone who, A, is a woman who has gotten herself to a very <laughs> high place in this business, like, props. Thank you. Thank you for being a voice for women in that, and like, but also, thank just you. you're so chill, and you're so awesome, and you're not like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I love that. So I'm Thank like, very, very, dare I say shocked to like oh. know that <laughs> the FGL's manager is like as
2: fucking cool as you are. <laughs> Girl, thank I mean, you. That's so kind. That's so kind. I mean, this I love is that. this is your
1: fangirl moment because I had mine with hey. Tim Nichols, So this yes, is your fangirl moment. This
2: is my fangirl. I'm just like, man. I just
0: I love that because you gotta That's go into so these kind. things. You, know, I like you, you have to get, expect.
1: I, I feel like managers get a bad rep in the industry. I feel yeah. like yeah. every. I feel like even doesn't matter how successful you are. At some point in time, you're going to hear that. Oh. We do you think of this manager? Oh, their manager's an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just because they didn't do what you wanted to do doesn't mean they're an (laughs) asshole.
2: It's true. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's a real uh, backing up. Thank you again. That's really kind. Of course. Um, Of course. And I appreciate it. I, you know, listen, I have days where I do have to be firm and I have days I have days where, you know, behind the scenes, um, it's just it's not always rainbows and that's okay. Um, I I think you can be. I think directness is kindness. Um, I think there I think there are ways to be direct in um, answers and and sometimes they warrant an explanation and sometimes they don't. <laughs> um, you know and so I think honestly, if I'm being transparent, I I don't, I'm not driven by money. Um, I'm not rich. I I don't like I have a very comfortable life and I'm very thankful for what I have. Um, but I, I don't know. I I think maybe money plays a part in that sometimes, like maybe money changes people. Um, or success or recognition or, you know, if you're putting, if you're at the end of the day, if you're putting your worth in temporary things like that, you're going to have that type of personality. I believe I, I, I just, my parents really raised me. I came from a very, you know, normal middle-class family. My parents are amazing people. Um, and they always just kind of instilled in me we're all just people, you know, whether you're an artist, whether you're a manager, whether you're the most successful or the least successful, you know, everywhere in between, everybody has a story and a purpose. And so I just... I don't know. I, 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 will be, I will be the bitch if I have to. Um, yes, absolutely. But, but I prefer to, you know, conduct business the same way that I conduct my personal life. And that's just in a way that I maintain respect and relationships with people. And, you know, if shit hits yeah. the fan, it hits the fan and we move on. But... So
0: yeah, I love that. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of the point that I wanted to make. Is like I can tell, you know, of course, being an manager, you're gonna have to, as you said, be a bit up sometimes, because like you're kind of you gotta make your artists look like the good guys, so you have to be the bad guy, you know, when when sometimes that comes yeah comes about. Yeah, exactly. But like mm-hmm. you can just tell that like that's not that's not Haley. Like that's just I'm doing yeah. business. Like you as a as a Human is just uh, yeah. uh I just freaking adore you. <laughs> oh wait, Thank where does that
2: come from? That's so kind. I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> of course, Marcus. Okay, it came, it okay, came from okay, it's me. Gone now. Can
1: you hear me? It came from me.
0: Yes. What are Sorry you doing? That.
1: Sorry about that. I realized <laughs> after like you know being forty something minutes into this interview that I'm not really using my microphone I'm using my earpods
0: <laughs>
1: oh <laughs> so I'm Does like I just, I, just I, I don't know <laughs> if it makes a difference or not we're gonna we're gonna definitely check and see when we get that recording I mean it sounds fine if, if it, it sounds, sounds fine then we're That's good right. so yeah, yeah I mean yeah yeah we're good. I was kind of um, worried about that oh, shit
0: Hey, it's all good. There's hey, been some like good. cutting out moments that we'll have to edit, but um, it'll be it'll be just fine. I think we only have a couple more questions.
1: Yes. So. Cool.
0: Yeah. We're almost done.
1: We're almost Whoa. done. So here's my question. While you're doing that, my question <laughs> to you is because this is and this is also the reason <clears throat> as to why I do not want to become a manager. Okay. Um, or haven't wanted to become a manager. Um, do you have to? Because I I feel like one of the most important qualities to be a good manager for someone is that you actually have to believe in what they're doing.
2: Yeah. Okay. And
1: so I have yet to find an artist that I believe in like fully, a hundred and ten percent. Yeah. To put money right on, there. You, you know what I mean? To put money on the line because even like. It, starting out with like little baby artists who might need a manager to get them to that next level. They don't have money to pay you. Yeah. There isn't no salary. Yeah. There's no, you know what I mean? There's no salary. There's no commission. It's commission of zero because there's nothing coming in. Yeah. So I feel like you're putting a whole lot when you're doing that, you're putting a whole lot of one wanting your money or unless there's an investor involved or whatever on the line. And I just haven't I, I just haven't found or not, not that I want to, so if you want to listen to do not email me about being your manager.
0: <laughs> 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 don't do it.
1: You, you're gonna get some really as she calls direct kindness.
2: Yeah. Direct kindness. Yes. Don't do it. But
1: I just haven't found the artist. So is that one of how of however many other qualities you have to have to be a good manager for your artist?
2: Ooh. Okay, so what part of the question do you want me to address? Cuz I feel like that I feel a, like that's that a two, kind of that was a 2 parter Yeah. That was a two-part.
1: That was a two-part. So first part, what's a good quality? Question. This is a difficult question. question. First yeah. part is, what's a good quality to be a good manager? Ooh.
2: I feel like that answer would would, would, that they, piss, I, would
1: that piss a lot of people off? No,
2: I don't see that's what I'm worried about. I'm like, ooh. No, I I think I think that there are probably a couple of really good core characteristics in management. I think being an effective communicator is everything. Um, And and I don't just mean like responding. I mean like responding quickly or, you know, always being the. because sometimes I've learned to sit down and shut up before I respond. Like, because sometimes, you know, what I learned early on is your your first instinct is to just answer right away because mm-hmm. you want to you want to be seen as available and on it and all these things. And then it's like, well, I don't want to be on it and available and give you the wrong answer. Like, I want to mm. communicate effectively by giving you options. I think options are very important for artists. You know, they're husbands and wives and dads and moms and, you know, they have a million things going on. So I think... Um, you know, that, that ability to communicate um, effectively is probably at the core of every manager, I would say. Um, I think the other one is just, it's simple and basic, but it's, you know, kind of a no brainer. Like we are in a passion based business. So like you said, Marcus, i um, you know, I think it would be really, really, really challenging to wake up every day and work on behalf of someone that you didn't believe in or you didn't feel a connection to their music. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the difference, though, in kind of what you're explaining and and kind of how it it is. Um, like, on the spectrum of, like, you know, percentages, and I'm right. making this, or I'm making that, or whatever. I think a lot of that ma- matters, too. Like, if I'm Haley Hampton as a manager, and I go out, and I find an artist, I discovered them, I did all this stuff, and, you know, I'm putting in time and developing them. Like, that's one very specific scenario. Um, but then you also have candidly situations like mine where I was in a management company where I now I may not be I may not be getting 15 percent like I may be you know co-managing x artists with x manager um but I have access to their marketing team their digital team I have access to you know what I mean it's kind of like Maverick was kind of a smaller version of Red Light in that sense of where you have all these like shared services that you're not having to outsource and pay for And, you know, so you have to think about the overhead, too, that goes into essentially having your own management. And I think that's why or management firm, I think that's why a lot of people maybe start this way. If they if they weren't the one to discover and then eventually when they have had enough success, they can branch out on their own. So I think every manager's like journey has probably looked a little different, but I think that it. At the end of the day, the reality is, again, it all has to go back to the music. And if you are not passionate about what they're creating and I mean, I was really lucky, even the guys when I, before I came on, um, you know, shared music with me that they were working on and, and let me kind of into, to that so that we could make sure we were aligned. Um, you know, and I think that's really important. So do you think we don't have to put this in if, if yeah,
0: it's an okay. thing, um, Yep. Um, do you think that there are a lot of managers out there that don't believe in in what they are
2: working for and are just doing it for the paycheck <sighs> it's so hard to say i i truly truly believe that if you are managing acts at you know, the level of the Irvings and the Clarences and the Scooter Braun's and, you know, Mm -hmm. all the big managers of the world. I I don't know that you can physically... I think the money at that point is just a perk. I really don't know that you can physically put in the hours and the time and, you know, the texts and the calls and just the late nights and the early mornings and the travel. If you don't have a gut connection to what you're doing, I think that the lifestyle is just too hard. Um, But that's just me. You know, I, I can't speak for anybody else's driver. And, you know, if there are people that are in that position. Position, you know, I, I mean, I, I hope they have the strength to get out of it because I can't imagine, yeah. you know, doing that just for financial gain. Um,
0: definitely, definitely. I have some questions about... Let's go, girl. Being a female in this industry... Mm-hmm. Shoot. I... I'm such like a champion for women in business. I own a production. Yes, studio, I do for a living. I'm one of like go the, girl of of women in the production like camp. Um, yep. But what what has it been like? Have have there been times where you have kind of had it shoved in your face, like wow, I'm a woman, I'm being treated differently, or has it kind of just been an even playing field for you? Because I've heard different you know sides of things going different ways.
2: Yeah. Um, So I'll start by saying I've always been, this issue is real and it's alive and um, I don't always see it. Um, And I have experienced it in subtle ways throughout my career. I, you know, I'm fortunate I've never had any you know, any wrongdoing outright done to me, um, you know, I've had instances with people that I'm close to in the industry, um, whether that be artists who have experienced, you know, things during promotion visits or, you know, other managers who have felt like they haven't been paid fairly, um, you know, in relation to their male counterparts and all the things, um, I I will say that I've been very lucky because I've been surrounded by really strong men um, who are really strong supporters of women. And, you know, Clarence didn't have to elevate me and he didn't have... Now, granted, I was going in and basically sitting on his floor every day being like, please, <laughs> like, let me do what I want to do. And so finally, I think he was just like, shit, Haley, like, get out of my office. Just go do whatever you want. <laughs> um, but But, yeah, I mean... It's alive and it's real. I think we're making progress. Um, I think we have a lot of work to do and and sometimes I think it can be as simple as sparking conversations. I'm really trying to get involved um, in this phase of my career and more like task force driven things. So mm, yeah. whether that be with like the Recording Academy um, or, you know, not so specific to country, obviously, ACM and CMA are really valuable, but just kind of on a broader spectrum. um, And I want to be part of the conversations where, like you, we are making an effort to make sure that the playing field is equal, not just for artists or managers, but for producers, writers, you know, record label executives. I mean, there's there's just room, um, you know, for all of that talent and and look at the end of the day. I want to be known for doing a great job. I don't want to be known for doing a great job because I'm a woman. I I think... I think I have a place, and I think I have just as much yeah. of a right to be at the table as any of the men, but yeah. at the end of the day, I don't I don't feel like I should be handed anything. I mean, I'm going to work j- maybe twice as hard just because yeah. I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. I can, um, but I just, I'd rather be known for just being a really great manager than, oh, she's a female and a really great manager, if that makes sense.
0: Mm, I love that. I love that so much. I'm. That was a great answer, too. I think that... Dang. It's, it's the common thread that I've kind of noticed here when talking to other people and other women in the music industry is being surrounded by great men. And I think so Marcus important. and I, yeah, Marcus and I have even talked about this a little bit where it's like, in order for this to kind of, this problem to be alleviated, it's, it's going to yeah. take the men. It takes both sides.
2: It really yeah. Does. And listen, I mean, I love, um, I don't know if you saw like the, the black and white photo challenge that has recently gone around on Instagram. And granted, I did some research and really educated myself on that origin. And so now that I know where it came from, I know that it has a lot deeper meaning than just, um, just women. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like women supporting women. And so I do think that that element of it is really important. Um, but I'll be the first to say that I've seen women say that they support women and they really don't. Absolutely. So, That's a huge thing that we should. Right. At, John, definitely. Yeah. And so I think that sometimes is even more alive than like yeah. the, the actual issue. Um, Ooh, but I just, that. I, I never want to leave the men out of it because, you know, I, I feel really grateful that I've come across, men who don't look at me, not to sound weird, but they don't look at me as a woman. They're just like, oh, Haley's doing a great job. You know, she's, she's badass at this or she has heart for this or whatever. Um, And that's kind of my hope for, for all of us. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, Great answer. I love that. (laughs) You are such a powerhouse. You're such an incredible human being. And I'm like so excited for you. And I can't wait for this COVID thing to be over so that you can actually really get out there. Do your thing and all of me that me girl
2: so, so fun so good so Haley good.
1: Haley this has been fun I, I'm so happy that we finally were able was able to get you me on too. it. it's been a while cause I asked you a long time ago and I'm like all this shit started happening I'm like uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. um, I had to put everything on hold for like two months I'm like I gotta figure this shit out first give me a minute but I yeah. wanna seriously thank you for taking the time out of your busy ass day Honestly. to oh do my this gosh. Uh, I'm I, so I happy to I also want to thank you for plugging us on your Instagram story yesterday yeah Whoa. Yeah.
2: of course Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah,
1: she went back and listened. She went back and listened to Corey Crowder episode, which is one of my, my favorite gosh. episodes. I love
2: so Corey good. Goes. Well, and well, and he's the guy's producer too. So right. I have, you know, I have a natural affinity and respect for him. And so I just, Aww. I was just listening back, and you know,
1: I'm gonna tell him, I'm gonna tell you We're in a, me and him are in a group message right now, so I'm, oh I'm gonna tell him. Like, yeah, we're in a, with him and Carrie Barlow and a couple other people. And so I'm definitely gonna tell him that you were. He doesn't know. He has no idea. <laughs> so he has no idea, but thank you That's so much awesome. for joining us. It's been another episode. You're so welcome. Another episode of smoking section podcast. Be sure to follow us on all the social medias. This has been fun, Brianna.
0: It's been so good. I <laughs> wow. feel like I just made a new friend and I cannot wait. You did I'm all over. I'm going to invite myself over to your cute little house for some wine. Come
2: on. <laughs> I'll, I'll, re- I'll restock my rose for yes, you. Yes,
0: I'll, I'll even try your little energy thing. It's, I it looks the delicious. I'll bring tequila. I'll <laughs> bring tequila. I'm there bringing tequila. We'll just right. add it right in. <laughs>